Welcome back to another episode of the Pool Box Pals podcast. I am your host, Monk, along with me to host this intergalactic spaceship through junctions unknown is my pal, Matt, who's on that side. I was going to point out. How's it going? I'm over here today. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I realized we're on the wrong side. Wait, can we change it? There we go. Okay. Now things are right. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I feel like Dirty Harry and all this confusion, I forgot myself, except he was talking about bullets and not about which side of the uh, live live stream screen he was on. But listen, (laughs) if you're just listening, uh, you probably haven't noticed that there's four of us on a computer screen, but there is four of us. We are joined by two very awesome and very talented people. Uh, first, we have T.C. Uh, Pescatori and Loco Gonzalez. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing all right, man. All right. This is a, this is a very exciting experience for us. Um, we've Well, I've been a big fan of your comics since I first picked it up. Uh, Matt, he just got into it this week, and no spoilers, but he is also a big fan. And uh, oh, yeah. on top of that... Tom and I got to meet. Uh, yeah, we met. <laughs> yeah, a few months back, and uh, yeah, I, I'm sure we might get into that later. But it's it's just so fun to see you again. So, and then now we got a new buddy in Loco Gonzalez, or, or as I will be calling him, Loco. Loco. <laughs> That's right. Perfect. And uh, I'm gonna just keep talking, but uh, it's it's also really cool that uh, Loco is based out of Argentina, and Tom is here in Pennsylvania with me. But I was saying but behind the screens that we're like an international podcast now. We've had one guy from the UK on. Now we've got Argentina. We need to start, you know, going out over to Asia. That's the next goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we'll get all the continents. That's eventually. Getting sure, all the stars, man. That's, yeah. that's great. I'm sure there's a, a guy down in Antarctica that has a, uh, a comic book, you know? Yeah, there's, like, there's like 100 people down there, right? Yeah. yeah, at least one of those <laughs> those people down there has got to be in the comics. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> read a Batman comic in Antarctica, right? That's that's a, something to think about. Uh, I was going to say, if you're going to Antarctica and you could bring one comic with you, what comic would you bring with? This is a nice icebreaker right up top. Ooh, we'll, we'll start with you, Mad, and then we'll go. We'll get to the guest. Oh, jeez. I no, like I'm probably just gonna go with my tried and true righteous thirst for vengeance. Mm. I could read that all day, any day. That's a good one. Uh, Tom, how about you, bud? Yeah, it's I'm now I'm thinking, like, is it do I want to just look at the art? Do I do I need a story? You know, what's gonna keep me, yeah, keep you entertained for that long? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) You know what? I'll probably take I'll just take the end call. 
The End Call? The End Call by Mobius and Jodorowsky. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know if I know that one. I guess uh, I'll have to go to Antarctica to find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can do a buddy trip. Yeah, that's, that, would, that would be a lot of fun. We'll hop a train down there. <laughs> we'll, we'll hop a train down from... Cross-continental. We'll, yeah, we'll go from PA. We'll go down to Argentina. We'll pick up Loco, and then we can <laughs> hop aboard a, a freighter that's taken, you know, some scientists down there, and, and we'll sneak in. But Loco, if you if you were stranded in Antarctica... Well, I guess not stranded, because I don't think you'd be... <laughs> yeah. you're, you're reading a comic. Good thing I have this comic with me. If I'm I'll be eating my left hand. Yeah. Uh, 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 well, that's easy. I, I will bring Akira. Oh, nice. The whole Akira. It, it's a yeah, you bring... Like, how many volumes is there? Uh, it depends on how yeah, we study the, the English but, one. Uh, I have one which is like 15 volumes. And wow. uh, I don't remember how much chapters each one. That's wild. Jeez. Yeah, it's a bunch. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that that would definitely keep you busy. And if you you know needed to burn it for warmth, yes, it would yeah. be better than just like a trade paperback or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I would probably bring what's the furthest place from here. Cause I think it would uh, take me like an infinite amount of time to really soak in, appreciate that whole comic because there's just so much happening. And if I didn't had, you know, infinite time freezing down in a tundra, that's, that's, I guess how I would want to spend my time. If but, you were asking me this time next year, I would probably change my answer to that. So I, I could just take like the omnibus of all 29 issues. Mm, that's true. Yeah. I would just, I would not have a complete story. So I think that yeah. might drive me more insane. Than, like, so po postpone your trip to next year. And then you, mm. then you can take the whole thing with you. Postpone well, when you're going to be stranded. I mean, there's no, there's a hundred percent, no way a train actually goes from. <laughs> oh, no, dude, it totally goes under the water. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I mean, down to South America, yeah. there's no way. Uh, in an ideal world, that would happen. But anyways, my obsession with trains aside, except I don't think we're gonna. I don't, this probably won't be the last time that we talk about trains tonight. <laughs> but so uh, I don't know. Why don't you guys? I introduce you a little bit, but feel free to you know introduce yourselves a little bit more if you want to, um, or just I don't know. Are we past that point? No, well, why don't we why don't we do this? Let's start. Let's start with TC. Uh, TC, what what got you into comics growing up? Uh, That's a good. See, I don't even remember a time when I I didn't like I wasn't around comics. That's cool. Pro yeah. Probably around like two or so. Like uh, I would I would like have my mom. My mom had like got me a bunch of like Spider Man, Batman comics. So I would have her oh, like man. read them to me, and then I would force like every single person to read them to me. Until oh, I memorized every, like everything in the book, so I would oh, like wow. pantomime it basically, like pantomime wow. every issue that I had, and uh, like until act I it could out actually as... read them. That's awesome! Wow. Uh, and, I, uh, I, yeah, and, uh, I was just gonna say that I have a friend who uh, I think he's got a yeah he just turned five, and I bought him some Star Wars comics for uh like you know age appropriate mm. star wars comics and uh not like the darth vader run well that that's probably not you know 
not suitable for kids. But no, it was just, you know, some fun little Star Wars comic. And he's learning to read. So, like, you know, he's going very slowly through it. Mm. And then apparently whenever he gets to a word he doesn't know, he just spells it out. And I'm sure there's yeah, a yeah. lot of, like, just spelling out of ridiculous names of planets. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> you know, Coruscant. <laughs> you know? Mom, what's this? I don't know. I feel like yeah. it really helps with comics because, like, there's a lot of, like, bolded words and things mm -hmm. like that. So. Yeah. 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 Well, how about how about you, Loka? We'll throw the same question to you. When did you uh, first get into the comic books? Uh, Bordon uh, makes me read comics. I was an 80s kid, okay, so nice. uh, an only child mm -hmm. uh, growing up in an apartment uh, with no cable TV. So we have the cartoon shows, which <laughs> were my favorite thing, like uh, a couple hours a day. So the rest of the time I had, uh, I, I need needed to find something to do. So comics was the thing. I started reading uh, at five or six. Um, as soon as I, I was able to read a bit, um, the Donald Duck. No. Uh, oh yeah. Mexican translations that came here from Donald Duck. Uh, it, it was called, there were, were uh, little compilations that were called uh, a Golden Donald Duck. And uh, <laughs> supposedly it, it was the, only the best stories. And uh, yeah, then I started picking up uh, whatever my mom brought me. Um, and eventually I started with uh, adventure uh, comics, more serious, more adult. Mm -hmm. stuff uh and so on nice nice yeah i i wish my parents would have like force fed me more comics when i was a kid i don't they would buy me like comic related stuff but never yeah. like actually comic books which mm -hmm. is you know probably a bummer missed out on a lot of fun stories and, and stuff you did, like that you didn't have I... to sell for like the 90s though the 90s. that's true i have so I, many i but think I Sometimes I have like five copies of the same image comic. I'm like, what was happening? What was going on? <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> yeah, I can imagine my mom being very uh, intimidated by a lot of the like big bulky men yeah. on, like, uh, yeah, on yeah, the covers yeah. and just being like, I don't know if I want my son to read. A yeah, that kind of violence, man. This yeah, is had, too extreme. Yeah, I, had, I had to sneak DC and or not DC. I had to sneak Marvel and image stuff because of uh, the art being a little too uh sometimes i guess risque but so my uh, mom my mom was okay with all the dc stuff i could get whatever i wanted there but like marvel just because of like how rogue was drawn or like image uh, how they would draw like you know angela from spawn like yeah. just very like revealing and kind of like burlesque-ish and my mom was not okay with it and um so i had to you know go down to my neighbor's house and if if I went with my neighbors to the comic shop, I would leave my comics that I got there at my friend's house so my mom couldn't find them. So. I, we also didn't have a comic shop anywhere nearby. Mm. We, uh, I live in like a pretty small town and we didn't really get our first comic shop here until in like the 2000s. You know, the, the place that I currently go. I, I can't remember how long they've been here for. But um, yeah, I would imagine my mom like not even knowing how to like get her hands on those, except mm. probably like maybe seeing trade paperbacks at like a bookstore from time to time and stuff mm. like that, which, again, would have been fun, but 
what are you going to do? I've got, I've got more than enough comics to read now. So <laughs> yeah, that was like a, a revelation to me, like the comic store. So mm. one opened up like two stores down from my elementary school. Oh, wow. That, oh, wow. that was it very was, strategic was a, planning on yeah, that it was, person. Nice. It was like a total speculator store though. Like the person just okay. bought like a, like a load of comic books thinking that they were, that they were going to get, that they were going to be millionaires. Right. Like pretty yeah. quick, but it was huge for me because it's just a store full of comic books, and the the girl that worked there was like really helpful in like uh, recommending books for me to read and things like that. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, uh, Loco. So you, you said like the ones that you got originally as a kid. So they're they were like they came from Mexico down to you. No, they were translated. Uh, okay. to Spanish in Mexico by uh, a publisher. And those translations were the, the ones that reached here. Uh, when I, uh, it, it was the 80s. So uh, all I got were the um, magazine shops, magazine stores. Gotcha. So okay. it, it, I, I didn't saw a comic book uh, shop until I was 15 or 17 or something like that. So yeah. it was only the, the the comics that uh, were along the magazines okay that makes sense and then, and then i got one more question for you just on your location like what what is comic book culture like down there in argentina oh we have our own comic book culture and our own authors uh, mostly from the 60s and 70s we had a a pretty decently big industry but uh, we don't have it anymore uh, sadly uh it's um we exported uh, we we had a lot of cross-pollinization with italian uh, comics okay. we had almost the same style usually there were uh, a lot of anthology adventure comics like uh three or four comics uh, for magazine black and white usually so the style was informed uh, by that a, yeah. a lot of cross hatching, a lot, a lot of uh, 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 black uh, spots. Um, uh, yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of um, uh, detective, a lot of historical epic uh, sagas, nice. that kind of thing. Can you uh, can you think of any off the top of your head? I can see if I can try to Google it, but I also just realized as I'm saying that that it might be in Spanish, and my uh, my Spanish typing is worse uh, than my Spanish speaking. Probably uh, Luciano, he gave me a bunch of good recommendations. That, that oh I yeah, yeah, yeah. What would be yeah. your like number one? What's like the quintessential Argentinian comic? Oh, the meaning like the very important one. Big well, one. the the the. The one that you will hear about the most is the the Eternauta, the Eternaut. That was a very old comic that was published uh, in stripes. So you will oh, find okay. that you and, and it's a very big story. So uh, uh, you will find now that the book it's really dense because uh, there's uh, little panels with a lot of text uh, because it was published in stripes uh, yeah like in a like in a newspaper or something like yeah. that okay yeah. yeah I mean that's also I, I guess I we never really talk about the fact that there were our comics in newspapers I did read those as a kid but I would 
I, there was definitely some that I like would read and it would just be like an ongoing story and it was just like three or four panels and I'm just yeah. like, what the <laughs> hell happened here? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> tough. That's it, pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, I mean, good, you know, good on those kind of artists and, and those kind of storytellers. The fact that, you know, like, you know, this is a weird one to talk about, but Garfield, the fact that they could just make three panels or four panels, just yeah. tell a story that was pretty much just you know, a joke, a you know, it, a setup, uh, you know, a, a turn, and then a reveal, or yeah. however a joke works. Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, Dick Tracy wasn't Dick Tracy, mm, like publishing mm -hmm. stripes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I again, I I never really got into Dick Tracy. I'm very curious about the movie. I don't know if you guys have ever heard there was a Dick Tracy movie. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I has anyone seen it? Because I've I never have, seen yeah. it. There's a have, new Dick I Tracy have. series coming out in comic book form. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, who's publishing that? I, I'm, let me guess. IDW. Oh, let me check. It's either IDW or Dark Horse. But um, okay, so I'm just going to tell you this story real quick. Warren Beatty is the guy who played Dick Tracy in that movie, and he owns the rights to uh, Dick Tracy for some reason in in <laughs> uh, movie form. And so in 2020, when the pandemic was happening, he made like an at like uh, a Dick Tracy movie over like Zoom or Skype or whatever, where he has a conversation <laughs> with Dick Tracy, like. Uh, Warren Beatty, the actor, has uh, a conversation with himself dressed up in the like getup as Dick oh, Tracy. Man, that, that's Kobe, the schizophrenia. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's apparent. I never watched it, but apparently, it's. Uh, I just have heard rumors about it across the internet. Um, but that's he put that out as a movie so that he could retain the rights. So it's similar to like the Fantastic Four, how like. Uh, whatever studio had them originally kept, you know, putting out movies every once in a while. Mm. And then that's how they would retain the rights to these things. Oh. So, yeah. So Warren Beatty, who I'm looking at a picture of him right now, looks like he's a thousand years old, <laughs> um, 86 years old. I don't know if he's going to be making a Dick Tracy movie anytime soon. Old that's man Dick Tracy. Old man. <laughs> like an old man. <laughs> no, we need that. We need old yeah. Dick Tracy. He it's comes out of retirement. <laughs> I know we're I know we're kind of past the like age of like the Christopher Nolan realism, but if we could yeah. just do one more where it's old man Warren Beatty, <laughs> uh, or yeah, playing old man uh, Dick, Dick. I no, it's gonna be old man Dick, and because uh, he's like I'm a I'm a retired detective, you know, and then he's got to come out of retirement to solve who the hell knows what's he doing. I couldn't even tell you a a Dick Tracy villain if I tried <laughs> i just know that one that has the hair parted oh yeah yep. that's, that's the like first one that came up uh, i bet his name's flat top uh, <laughs> i think is. that's his it name is. it's literally flat top the yeah. brow i think uh i mean we're gonna be talking about your comics later but now i guess <laughs> let's keep talking about dick tracy by the way pretty ugly mafia villains right yeah, yeah. pretty much they yeah. were just like parodies on mafia people from yeah. the looks of it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this guy. And uh, Mad, Mad Cave Studios is putting out the comic. It comes out oh. April 24th. Mad Cave? I wonder yeah. if it's going to have the this guy in it, whoever this <laughs> dude is. You know, I just... remember not hating the original movie, but that might have just been like so starved of any type of like comic book 
I would like to point out that he is shooting him through the hand. And it's showing like full bullet penetration through this man's (laughs) hand on a kid's comic. Get the comics code out right now. Oh, yeah. That's probably probably came out before. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, now that we dive down the Dick Tracy rabbit hole, let's let's get back to uh, uh, you fine fellows. So, Tom, what... I uh, I know you are a writer. You were kind enough to give me uh, a little novelette that you worked on that I forget yeah, the name yeah. of that I meant to pull up next to me. It's sitting over there. I'll go <laughs> grab it once I'm done this sentence. It but, might, uh, what got... it might uh, in some ways appear in the comic book itself. Oh, the box got full. So, uh, what got you into writing? Where what like you know what got you into writing specifically, and then like writing comics as as a medium. Mm. So so I did. Uh, want to be an artist a comic mm. book artist so mm. uh early on I, I took like a lot of courses i i drew like all the time i really wanted to do it but i my mm. uh my second i guess my second interest was history and i i kind of got to a point where like i felt like my art was plateauing and it it was either mm. going to be like where do i spend the time like do i mm. want a degree in history do i want like an an advanced degree in history or do I want to be an artist? And I just felt like I had more a grasp like on the history. So mm. I decided to to go in on that. But I still, you know, wanted to create stories. So I I spent maybe I I mean I spent maybe like 15 years writing poetry, like being published in like poetry journals and and things like that, really focusing on on poetry the boxcar bop the novella was written probably over like a 10 10 year period uh of like it the, does the, appear it, in the comic it does, yeah. <laughs> oh no i missed it and i hate oh that's upsetting so. but uh yeah 10 i mean that's great i mean i as somebody who's like written like to some degree i can mm. definitely understand how something would take 10 years because boy howdy is it I mean, I write, you know, mostly poems and short stories or trying mm. to think of like a full narrative. I always just even like, you know, we it's easy for us to come on here and like criticize if a story is good or bad or whatever. But neither mm. of us can write a story, you know, mm. uh, speaking for Matt and myself. But like, yeah, just I always I because I'm I always just think I'm like, think of an ending. Think of a fun ending. And I'm just like, I can't think of anything that's not like the the guy gets the other guy in a fight or falls in love with him, you know? And I, I can't figure out how to translate what's in here onto paper. Yeah, that is the, that is a difficult. I, I try like different uh, angles. Sometimes I'll use a typewriter. Sometimes I use a computer. Sometimes I'll like pen, pencil, just something that'll give me like a different like texture for my that's brain a, like, as I'm translating. Right. I, uh, I've always heard that if you're, um, if you like have a, uh, wrote, uh, what is that called? Writer's block for like musicians just to start playing another instrument and that'll kind mm-hmm. of like kick some things into gear. So that's interesting that that translates into like other mediums of just like, listen, if you're bored, if you don't like what you're doing, try doing something else, yeah. you know, <laughs> that your brain, it's interesting that your brain wants to be creative, but it does get mm. to like a certain, like, Oh, I I'm, I'm out of stuff right now. But then you do something slightly different. And it's like, yeah. Oh, but wait, wait a minute. There's still some juices. It's all coming together. <laughs> because yeah. Repetitive patterns are not uh, very creativity inducing. Mm-hmm. 
yeah you fall into the same patterns you, you need to steer things up a bit mm. yeah yeah for sure because even like for me i feel like i sit down I, i'll start writing a song the same way that i've written every other song uh, you know and yeah. so i'm just like do something different and trying to you know keep myself like creatively and mentally on like on my toes and trying to yeah yeah I'll, what... I'll scare myself sometimes like i'll be going i'll go back to a poem you know and i'm mm -hmm. i'm like uh editing it and then i add the exact same line that's like four lines down from where i added the line and i'm like what the uh, what you sorry <laughs> that's a little scary I, I wrote the exact same thing without even realizing it yeah oh yeah i mean as like i'll like listen back on old songs and i'll be like oh okay you just you still had that you took that line from yourself you know that's where you had heard it before was uh, you, you sang it at some point in time i let it go when i realized that like there's like 15 songs that tom waits sings about the moon in so i'm like all right if tom waits is gonna sing what? about the moon and like almost every song he writes uh, i think it's okay <laughs> Well, that's how I felt about Bob Dylan, about like listening to a lot of his early songs. I'm like, is he just going to keep singing about these same things? And he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's got a lot to say. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's mostly incomprehensible. You cannot think about that kind of stuff when you're mm. making something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. cannot because you're doubting yourself constantly. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. spit it out and then you'll see. But don't mm. worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. The uh the second half of the Bhaskar Rat was written entirely while I was uh drinking absinthe. Oh so <laughs> good, good on you. I, I, I wanted to uh, like remove that the I wanted to like to find a way <laughs> to do like automatic writing where I wasn't like editing myself. Like uh so I would wake up in the morning just like on the floor or on my bed and I would just look at what I wrote and sometimes it would be like two thousand words. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess that well, was a good that's awesome um so then what got you into like doing comics uh it was kind of a well i do i self-publish a superhero comic with a couple friends uh Ooh. and um what's that called it's called the all new union which is like a joke on marvel but it, we started writing it in like 2013 so like the joke doesn't even really work anymore because they had that's like funny. everything because... was like all new something right at the time. yeah that was my that's when I got into like Marvel comics okay. and all that stuff. So like I, I really enjoyed a lot of stuff from that time. But no one for me, like shout out to you. We're such kindred spirits. Shout out for me for wow, shout out from me to you for you knowing about that time because I feel like nobody else talks about <laughs> yeah, that. It's, it's almost just, like I own the all new now, and like nobody remembers that there was the all new, all new, all new and the all the all new Punisher series is top notch. It was so good. Mm. I I I try buying the, I try looking for the trade paperback every once in a while for that. And it's always like $50 and I'm like, I'm not mm -hmm. doing that because I'm not an insane person yet, but uh, <laughs> not, not yet. I'll get there. So, Loco, what, what got you into, into drawing? Like, was it comic book induced or was it, um, was it yeah, just it, something that you're always into? It was a uh, cartoon and comic book induced. Uh, uh, since I, I, because I was reading comic books since I was uh, very little, and it's very natural at that age to draw. Mm -hmm. I yeah. just kept going because I was fueled by my obsession for comic books. Uh, and when I started discovering the more serious styles and 
uh, other comics, I, I, I got really obsessed mm. with, with uh, making something that looked a bit like that. Mm. So I, I never stopped. That's yeah. awesome. Good That's on awesome. you. Yeah. So um, do, have you worked on other comics before uh, Junction Jones? Uh, not uh, a series, not a published series. I have done anthologies. I have done a okay. lot of fun scenes in the 2000s. Uh, and a, a lot of, um, uh, how you call them, the one-shots, uh, little one-shots mm -hmm. here, uh, a little one-shots that never came out that I yes. was hired to do. Uh, uh, so this is my first uh, series, my first uh, Polish series. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm, it's it's such great stuff. Before we get too far into that, I do just want to pull up that I I, I found um, uh, where are we at the all new Union. This looks uh, yeah. this looks great. So I can get it for two ninety nine, which is <laughs> can you? Where is it? Yeah, that's what it Where's says it there. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to get you some. But yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Did you, so? Did you do anything after this, or was this kind of your first thing into uh, to pu like publishing comics? Yeah, so I, it was kind of one of those things where you like don't realize that you can do it. Like, sure. if you've always loved comics, like <clears throat> me and my friends are talking about. <laughs> I had a friend that did an RPG, like a okay. superhero RPG that we did, mm -hmm. and like some of the characters we came up with, we used. Like in this comic, some of them were characters I had from like when I was little, you know, I'm like these, I just have all these, like this character Bible hanging that's around. Awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to use them. And uh, we were just like, yeah, why don't awesome. we write them? You know? And then we didn't really think about, uh, we had to find the artists. And I think that was, mm. the, <laughs> that was like the biggest search. So I, I worked with someone originally, we did like a four issues of it. And it just, it was more of, it wasn't a style that I, that I felt that I thought really reflected the story. Mm -hmm. So uh, then I I reached out to Danger Jazz, who did the uh, f first issue. I didn't want like the you know I didn't want like the image or like the male, like the like a, a male eye on the superheroes because it it really isn't like about that kind of thing like fighting mm -hmm. or raiding a base or something like that. You know, it's like a teenage drama almost. Yeah. So so I'm like I I wanted to find like. So Danger Jazz is non-binary, and uh, they really like, they really like, melt molded. They really molded the series into something that I was looking for. And then when they couldn't uh, continue, I found uh, Chiara Iacobelli, who was an Italian artist, and she uh, she's drawn it since issue two. Man, she's got like she's just... been taking in like like Starenko, Kirby, Dicko yeah. influences into her art, and it's been like really really fun to. Uh, to see. That's, so, that's so cool. I love how international you are. You're such a. You're like I've I've had enough with America. I'm only going overseas for for all of it. You're like so eclectic. You're like the thing that I need is not here. I have to go uh, somewhere else for it. But I yeah. I mean I'm all for that. That's really cool. Yeah. So I guess the question of the hour then is how did you two get it? Uh, you know how did you two meet? How did Junction Jones kind of pop up? Did you have that idea and then reach out to Loco? Or, you know, did you, you know, how did, how did, where did Junction Jones come from? I kind of, I kind of stalked, internet stalked him, I guess. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
so <laughs> originally josh and jones was uh i was i i thought of it more as like a psychedelic like surrealist novel mm-hmm. that i was going to write like in like it like a like a dashiell hammett 1930s novel okay. and it was it was just going to be a joke like the entire punchline at the end was that the narrator was a cat yeah <laughs> so it was going to be like this hard-boiled detective novel narrated by a cat that would be <laughs> so it's kind of like a, a shaggy dog story i guess where it's like there's like no meaning to it you read it and at the end there's a cat the cat yeah. was <laughs> the main character so and I, I just could never get anything done like i would write like a page two pages so I kind of just shelved it, and I would tell people about it randomly because I enjoyed the idea. And then uh, a friend at work was like, why don't you just make it a comic? You're making that other comic. And, like, instantly I was like, oh, I could, but I need to, like, I need to, like, I can't. The world is, like, so idiosyncratic and strange that, like, someone needs to, like, almost get it <laughs> immediately without me having to explain it. Right. Or say anything about it. And then uh, I'm just like, so uh, my son was born and like, I'm tired. He's like, you know, just like a couple months old. I'm just sitting on, I'm just sitting online and like just going through artist pages, mm. you know? And then I see, I see a picture he, he drew of like Mickey Mouse getting ready to eat a child like Totoro. Like Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that was he was looking for attention. Yeah, even- <laughs> he was desperate for attention. They wanted to be still remembered. The, the kid was sleeping, so, so Mickey Mouse wake him up. Like <laughs> he just he just knocked him out of his uh like sleep deprived state and breathed yeah. some life into him. So then, like the whole story came to me as soon as I saw the, his art. I was like, "This is like this is the story," and I hope this guy isn't doing anything when I have like something to pitch him that's that's really cool i yeah that's that's awesome to hear that you would like would just see the end like that his art would loco's art would be able to like inspire you to like being like oh this is where this is supposed to go that's that's really cool that's i think one of my favorite things about comic is like seeing how the artist and the author work together and how they're able to you know envision like you know make this thing come to life you know yeah yeah i mean i see like i see Luciano as like the director and like the narrator of a prose novel, like the director of a movie and the narrator of like mm-hmm. the prose novel. Once I give him the stuff, I just, I kind of just try to get out of his way. Like mm. I don't want to really impact him too much from doing like what he wants to do. Sure. I, I will say that I am currently creeping on your Instagram to try to find that picture of Mickey Mouse. So am uh, I. <laughs> I don't know if it's on Instagram. Uh, I'm looking okay. at this. I'm looking at this other one though. Of uh, <laughs> this is great. You got Santa, uh, polar bear, and Ronald oh. McDonald all sitting in the booth. Oh yeah, they, they are. They are going crazy there. <laughs> I, I, I can't find oh that, gosh. but uh, I, if I do, I'll, I'll pull it up. So, Loco, what was it like for you then when Tom reached out to you? Was, uh, you know, we, were you in right away? Did you need to get uh, sold on the idea? How'd you feel about it? Oh, he just told me that he had a script that he would, he would like me to do. So I told him, all right, I'm going to read it. Let's see if I like it. And uh, yeah, it was crazy because I like uh, science fiction and I love love to to, to draw that kind of weird stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. his 
his script was exactly <laughs> I could have fun drawing. Yeah. So I, it was like, yeah, sold. All right. <laughs> I uh, I think I might have found the uh, the um, the the picture. Let's see. Sorry for everyone who's listening who doesn't get this. <laughs> Is this it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it is just, it's a very distressed mickey mouse yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, like more distressed you know? it's 100 it's you it, posted on april 8th uh, 2019 so if you're on if you're just listening and you want to go creep on uh loco's <laughs> instagram i think we should all just like it i just gave it a like so yeah you'll see that um yeah maybe we'll share that to our story and we'll blow this up I have so many interpretations going on in my head about this picture. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like a Saturn devours his own son, yeah, but, uh, like, <laughs> but uh, much more. I don't want to say PC, but uh, he hasn't he hasn't started doing it yet. Yeah, it's yeah, all the context around it. I think that I was like, yeah, yeah I, I'm guessing that at that time uh, Disney was on whatever shenanigans. Disney is always up to something, so I probably <laughs> was inspired by whatever was happening at the moment right yeah that's funny i mean i just gotta say that it totally makes sense to me that that how you guys seem to click so well and how this seemed to just blend together because this is like i it does feel like a, a single person wrote this like just having a very distinct story and a very distinct uh way of story you know storytelling a very distinct writing style and then a very distinct art on top of that you know i wouldn't be surprised if this was just a one person crew just going to it because it's so unique like mm -hmm. just top to bottom of like the in it it feels like i'm just reading like a beatnik poem you know and just like the whole time i'm just like everybody's tripping you know like everybody <laughs> Everybody in this is just out of their goddamn minds and just have like no idea what's happening, but they're just trying to survive. And yeah, so um, maybe for those of you uh, who aren't like who are listening, who aren't super familiar with the story of a Tom, would you mind just setting up the premise and yeah, filling us in on, on oh, what, yeah, yeah. what it's about? Uh, well, it takes place in like, uh, I guess, I don't know if I would call it like a, a, a pocket of reality, but in this town called junction and it's a uh basically a a retired bio laborer the it's kind of like a 1920 i don't know how to it's like a 1920s like post-industrial mm. dystopia futuristic yeah. dystopia starring a bioengineered labor turned detective detective who works right. with a cat with an alien <laughs> with a an alien that possesses his brain. And I gotta they, say, uh, man, the 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 ways that you describe the world within the world is such a unique thing of just seeing how they're talking about, like, you know, this. Uh, in the first issue, the cat gets upset because uh, it gets called like just a feline or something like that, and he's like, "Listen, no, I'm a like I forget like a like the word that you use. I can probably look it up, but being like, I paid good money to come into this like to possess this body, and um, yeah, just the the wordage that you're using is like is so for me like as somebody who really loves words and like the art of poetry of just seeing you being able to put words together that like 
you know you wouldn't think of and just like meshing this like you're saying like this post-industrial like america this time of like Mm -hmm. train hoppers and hobos and then you're just like but what if we went into a world where like you know everything just got super technological and super advanced and like the ways of the hobo were kind of forgotten you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we just fast forward from that time period to to a post-apocalypse <laughs> yeah and like i i love seeing that because we always assume that the apocalypse is going to happen some other time and you know in the future instead of just being like well what if it happened kind of like mm. while all this you know america was being formed and in its early stages you know why couldn't have it happened then mm-hmm. yeah so they and then they uh they stumble upon a a dead hobo from the 21st century that's ours time and, uh, or the 20th <laughs> yeah the time so i, well, time, I really yeah. wanted to put like a uh i really wanted to make it like confusing i know that's like a i felt like you know it's like a dangerous thing to do but Mm-hmm. I wanted there to be like confusion about like where it is, what time is it, why is that important? It's all, it's it's an element that like remained from the uh, the beginnings of the novel, which is like, can you do a like detective pulp comic that that the mystery makes no sense, but if you use mm. all the tropes, yeah, can yeah, you still, still follow there. like what the detectives well, are trying to do? Like a lot, of, a lot of the places that are mentioned in the comic, like Pocatello and Twin Falls, or like those are in my neck of the woods. Those are places yeah. I went to growing up. But I'm still left with like, what is Junction <laughs> City? Like, yeah, exactly. Because for, for a while, it's like you know, I'm over in Oregon now, and those places mm-hmm. I mentioned are in Idaho. But we have a Junction City in Oregon. So mm. It's like, is there a tie to that? But I don't. It doesn't seem like there's a tie to this Junction City that I actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you're going for confusing, like, <laughs> and like, you, and you like, it. <laughs> and not in a bad way of just being like, yeah. what did I read? But I think again of like, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like, it's a good version of this, that what I'm about to tell you one time. And like, this was me being a young, very pretentious hip kid. And mm-hmm. I was in India and I'm like, I got to do something cool while I'm in India. So I bought an Andy Warhol book. That was all just uh, uh, typed out versions of conversations that he had on a tape recorder. He would just put like a tape recorder on a table and then just re- like type in bits from the conversations that he enjoyed in like a narrative or like a play kind of structure. And it was the most incomprehensible thing in the world. But I'm like, it's Andy Warhol, so it's got to be good, even though I hate this. But like I said, you're doing a good version of this where everything that's happening is continuing to being like, this guy is just telling a story. Is it a, is it relevant to what's happening right now? Or is it does it matter? But again, you've set up this perfect world and, and Loco just with the art of just having a lot of faces of just like when they're laughing of just having that like kind of like like. I don't want to say possessed, but just very like crazed, just kind of like, ha, 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 ha. Manic. When, yeah, just very like very, yeah, very manic. And especially, um, yeah, I get uh, obsessed with his like body language. Mm, That's why mm. I, I basically rewrote every page of the comic as I was getting pages from him. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. What did that look like? <laughs> I just kept sending him edits. I'm like, uh, the next page is edited. <laughs> the next page is edited. And then, and then when I get everything back, I rewrite the dialogue too. Because I just oh, feel okay. like there's oh, so yeah. much that his characters say. And I'm like, I, I don't want to. Well, 
Yeah, that, I will say panel. too, just just with Loco with your art, like you really do bring all these characters to life. Like I find that every single character you drew is very mm -hmm. unique in their own way. I mean, you have like, you know, what is it, an issue three where it's just like kind of these drone people walking, just saying work over and over. Like, yeah, they all look mm -hmm. alike, but like with these main characters, with with Jones, with the cat, um, uh, who's my favorite character? Uh, for for Smack Two. <laughs> yeah, I was like, gonna say the the, the character different. design on on Two is fantastic. Like I was <laughs> I was loving that character so much when I was reading issue two. It was so oh, good, and I felt like I could hear him in my head. Like I yeah. was just, like I know this type of person. I know what he is, and like I'm like, and I love like uh, during. I know we're kind of jumping around over the place, but there's he tells a story about a train heister that you know they got held up on a train. And he's telling the story about like how good he was and like he was doing all these good things. And then you show him he's like stealing the money <laughs> off the card table. And it's just yeah. like, yeah, that's 100 percent who that person is. Um, but even his tone and like hearing his voice in your head, like for me, he seems like the type of guy that will have a very like pleasant, friendly tone. But then all of a sudden change to something dark. And like that's how I kept like reading him was like his tone changes based on what point he's trying to make. And mm. I, I really, I just, I really, I think issue two might be my favorite out of the, the three that have come out. Yeah, he's, just, he's my favorite character too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, maybe I we'll have to, fun with that one. we'll have to yeah. have a spinoff comic one time where it's just the adventures of Toot. Or yeah. like After I was getting the pages back, I was like, I wish he was in it more now. For... Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, are we going to see more of them down the line? There might be. Okay. Maybe. Well, I won't, we won't do any spoilers. <laughs> Um, but I I want to pull this up real quick, and this is also from your Instagram. This is this is toot toot, however you want to say it. Um, yeah, and I, I uh, I'm sure you guys haven't listened to too many episodes, which is totally fine. But I talk a lot about like good comic book covers and like how it should kind of show you what's happening, but it doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. have to happen inside of the mm -hmm. comic, you know? Because mm -hmm. it's it's a good throwback to like when it's like Iron Man versus you know the mandarin and he's like getting hit by rays that he never gets hit by in the comic you know so this is how i feel it's like at no point does he become a giant man and throw a train car at him or whatever's happening here but it it does feel like that of just like his overbearing presence of just this like showman who's just like a large a larger than life character and like yeah i just i just want to say i think that yeah issue number two i don't know i'm i i've I, they're like my children and i love them all equally because they're just each one of them is its own tab of acid of yeah. just its own special little trip yeah uh, yeah so uh how many how many issues are we looking for this bad boy six 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 yep. oh heck yeah i mean normally i like four but just keep me in this weird weird world forever <laughs> yeah and we are doing another uh, different series with these characters Okay. Oh, sweet. Yeah, right. <laughs> we have uh, issue one already. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. We're going to say that that's yeah. breaking news here we at the pool. We can't give them <laughs> That's. I mean, why would you? These guys, like, again, you can do Junction Jones and the whatever, whatever, you know, or, you know, Toots. I can't say his whole name and the, uh, yeah, it's whatever a, he's got it's going a smoked on. It's a smoked herring. Like, like, excuse me? Four schmuck is. <laughs> What? Yeah. Oh, Forschmack is a smoked herring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What? what? I still don't know. Yeah. This like, no, side of like, the screen it's is confused. Herring, I think it's what? one more time. Herring, actually, 
It's like a smoke pickled herring. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you eat that? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, okay. It's a, yeah, I it's, thought... a Jew- it's a Jewish dish. Yeah. Oh. I, uh, so I... that character. So one of the things about this is that um, the characters in it are mm-hmm. part of like uh, are part of like uh, characters that me and a, a couple friends invented like during like years ago. We used to we uh, we would uh, like portray them in, like okay. street <laughs> street performance and then uh, eventually awesome. like film performances. So this is a character that my friend he he himself who was portraying that character created the character. Okay, so, ah. so there is like a lot of characters. Uh, I'm just thinking about issue two uh, specifically where like on the like train heist scene where you just kind of mm-hmm. name a bunch of people and like and even going into issue number uh, three when um, Jones is having a conversation with uh, the guy who spoilers. So I'm not going to get that far, but uh, he's having a conversation with somebody and they're ta- they're referring back to like old hobos and like yeah, naming yeah. these things. So it's a lot of fun to just see them just kind of like pop up. But I do have a question. Uh, is that you? <laughs> it uh, is. It is. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so I was when I was doing uh uh read through in uh issue number two, I was looking at it, I'm like that looks a lot like Tom. And then like I saw like more angles of you. Yeah, like uh this so again, good job, Loco, to just be able to portray Tom in, in his own world. Or is like that, that is that supposed to be both of you? Like side by side? No, no, just <laughs> no, no, it's no. Tom and a random friend. It's Tom now, another guy, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so that's that's super cool. I'd be doing the same exact thing if I had an artist as talented as Loco drawing and stuff. I'd be like, hey, draw me. Yeah, draw a little, draw me like uh, like one of your space hobos. <laughs> yeah. So and just kind of another thing too with this story that I really like is just like how I guess it kind of goes hand in hand with the con- like the confusion you've induced into it, but just kind of how things come out of nowhere. Like it really gets out of hand quickly mm-hmm. in like. You know, at the end of issue one, he, you know, he tells this joke and all of a sudden we're in a shootout and <laughs> like, and then two and uh, what is it? Val- Valentine green. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like when he shows up, it's just like you, you can feel his aura like coming, uh-huh. like protruding from the comic. And then we have another just kind of like, Oh, we're having another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a running joke in it. <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. like, I feel like there's a lot of jokes that, that we're like, yeah, we're just running through. We're having running jokes. Yeah, yeah, but, but I yeah. Mean, this is definitely no, a comic no. that like you you dive into it and you're just like it's a keep up comic. It's like we're not going to sit here and explain everything to you. You're either going to come along for the ride and just you know feel like a little bit of the Willy Wonka chocolate factory, you know, hit that tunnel ride, um, but <laughs> with better art. Um, and, uh, speaking of that, I did want to point out one of my favorite things is I, I, I don't, you can speak to this and, you know, I don't know how intentional this is, but, uh, Mark mentioned earlier or mad rather mentioned earlier that there's a scene where you see like a bunch of worker bots kind of just walk by them. And in that area is the only area that has like color. Everything else is like black and white. And my interpretation of this, and it's okay if it's wrong, um, is that I, I, this world was so interesting in the black and white and just so brought to life that Mm -hmm. it felt like to do the opposite 
was to show like the mundanity of just like, no, look how your world is so colorful and whatever to just kind of entertain you and keep you numb and just keep you working. But then the real action is all happening outside in, in black and white. I, I just, I, that's my understanding of, or that's how I took it. And I just, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a really cool idea. If that's it nice was an take. idea at all. What was that? Uh, that that's a nice take. But I don't know if the original idea is even relevant. And all the changings and rewritings and whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that was my take of it. And I just that's how I took it. And that's yeah, I, I enjoyed it for for what it was for that. There is a, there's further color reveals. Okay. All right. So, I mean, both of it looks great. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying one looks better, but I just mm. thought that that was very, I like interesting of just going through like the town, seeing it kind of light up and then just being like, all right, we're back into the action of, of it all, you know? So, but we are getting close to uh, the end of our time here. Do you guys, you know, what, when's the next issue coming out? Uh, how can people support you guys and, and, yeah, even if you know you got other stuff going on, other comics in the work, you know, whatever you want to promote right now, just just let us know. Well, we're we're still hoping for a date for issue four, but should be eventually. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, sound too good. For it. So, uh, I know Scout doesn't do a great job of what you're. I mean, Scouts, we love Scout. Scout has yeah, just put yeah. out some really yeah, great we're, stuff. We're big Scout fans. Yeah. So. I mean, that's another reason I, you know, I grabbed this instantly because it was a scout comic. And obviously, I mean, the name alone got me, I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, so I will be waiting for it. You know, it's on my pool list at my shop. I know they're ordering it for me. So I'll definitely be grabbing that. Uh, anything for you, Loco? Anything going on? Anything, uh, any other comics or any art sales or anything coming on for you? Uh, I don't sell that much. I'm I'm doing uh, some one shots uh, at the same time that will be published locally, okay. uh, and for a web comic and stuff like that. But uh, to support me, just go to my Instagram, Locomotion Gonzalez, and like me. <laughs> like follow me yeah. and like yeah. me. Hey, I, I would love for you to send those com those one shots our way. I'm a big fan of one shots, and even if I don't yeah. understand it, you know, if I have to order it, I would, I would, I love your art, so I would love to get a copy of that, even All if right. it's just it's just sitting there, just me and yeah. Well, you can use I'll, the Google camera thing to translate it. So. No, that's true. Or I could yeah. I could learn Spanish. You know, I could. There's <laughs> there's a great population on this earth that speaks it. I yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, it's it's not that different. I do want to say though that I failed out of Spanish class spectacularly when I was in high school to the degree that I had to give it up in the middle of the year because there was no way that I could pass for the rest of the year. So that's how bad I was in Spanish. Flash forward in a couple of years, I was living in Taiwan learning Chinese. So it was just me being a very lazy kid, not not Spanish yeah, being well, a difficult language. Yeah, and on your favor, um, usually uh, language classes are horrible. Yeah, yeah. horrible and pretty badly done. So it's exposure to whatever language you want to learn, yeah. what it gets you going. Yeah, I would definitely love to learn more. So, yeah, I'm serious. Just shoot me a message. We'll post about right. it on our thing. And, uh, yeah, I'll get myself a copy. But, guys, we appreciate you so much for coming on. Uh, Mark, do you want to 
you want to do our little outro thing for us? Absolutely. I'm all about that. Once, once uh, you pull it yeah. up. Once I pull it up, so I have my script. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, everybody, thanks for joining us here at the Pull Box Pals. Again, we had uh, TC Pescatore and Local Gonzalez on the show today just to promote their comic, Junction Jones. Go check it out. Uh, Monk and I both had a great time reading it and very much looking forward to uh, the future issues that are to be determined on release date. Uh, but you can check us out on the social medias. We're on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can watch us here on youtube twitch or facebook and you can listen to us on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and please like and subscribe uh we love meeting up with people and chatting uh whether it be meeting at a con or just on over instagram and having conversations about comics that's right uh yeah guys i just want to say thank you so much for doing this we like i'm just gonna repeat what mark said but we really love the comic you know just keep doing what you're doing and we're gonna keep riding that train uh, high on not cocaine because that's illegal. Um, <laughs> but thank you guys so much. And uh, as we say here at the pool box, pals, embrace your inner comic. So the cat is described as a demo light possessed feline, Mr. Nibbles. <laughs> so very good job to you for all that. And I hope that that's what I am in my next life. <laughs> Our next dream. <laughs>